you know, topic, a specific topic. And um, the Lord started to paint a picture of um, like a behavioral pattern that has existed, you know, and we have seen happen over and over. Um, and most times when we see it in the Bible, you know, we, we are quick to judge, you know, and say, or oh, why were the children of Israel so hard hearted? Why was it so difficult for them to allow God? Why was it that a journey that was supposed to take, some people will say three days, some will say 11 days, some, sorry, some people say three weeks, some will say 11 days, but it shouldn't have taken up to a month for them to have gone from Egypt to Canaan. So why did it take so long? Why, what was it about? you know, um, what was it about the children of Israel that was so hard for God to reach? And, you know, in that moment, I, I was reminded of this story of, or this teaching or this message of repentance that the Lord is really highlighting for, I would say for myself in this period and how, um, you know, it's one thing to pray and to ask God and say, oh, Father, you know, and to wait and to fast and all of those things and to expect a miracle from God. But there are times when even the miracle in itself can stop us from, you know, um, can actually make us complacent and get us to a point where we feel as if, okay, you know what, I have, I have done this much, therefore I do not, I'm under no obligation to even go any further. And if we look at the children of Israel, it was an issue that God had with them because they couldn't, every time they cried out and they asked for things or, you know, anything, God would always open the heavens and pour out, whether it's manna, whether it's quails, God was constantly giving them, um, you know, the desires of their hearts. But the more he gave them, the more it was, it seemed like it was hard for them to journey. Why? Because they were not, I believe that it, it was even beyond what they wanted or what they thought they needed. It was a mindset, you know, and so for people like that, um, I see that behavior happening. I won't even speak for anybody else, for myself sometimes. I've gone through periods and seasons where I have waited on God and I have prayed and God has literally shown up. And then it's like, I get to the point where, okay, what do I do now? You know, and the next thing is like two, one week or two weeks down the line, I'm asking myself, am I not the same person that had this dream? Am I not the same person that the Lord spoke to? What is it about the fallen nature of man that keeps making, um, you know, that keeps making us go back to the things that we even know and we have esteemed in our hearts that this is not the right way. I should be journeying for that. When God answers prayers and God delivers um because you know, delivers us from certain things. It's not just enough to return to obvious sins. You know, it is just even our posture, our behavior, the way that we evaluate things going from there. You know, it's the way that we think. It's the way that if another situation presented itself um, that was similar, maybe not identical, but similar to that, how will we evaluate? It shows that. Our minds are not, you know, there's something off with the way that we are perceiving, understanding, and evaluating things. And beyond the, the understanding of repentance um, being a place of remorse, I believe, I mean, I would say personally, one of the things that 
um, God is doing for me is that he's showing me that repentance is not just about coming before him and crying. In fact, the deliverances that God has brought me through in this current season, most of them were not accompanied by tears. You know, and even when I wanted to fake the tears, I just felt like God told me, you are, you are going to miss the point because it's not just about crying and wailing. Remorse is great, but what do you do after that? So repentance is like God calling you. When God invites us to the table of repentance, it's because he wants to lay out strategies for us so that we can really be changed. Because like I mentioned the last time, it's the changing of the nature of a man. It's the changing of the nature of a person that is going to make them propel beyond a certain point. And I remember I was sharing yesterday um, with a couple of people and I said, you know, sometimes um, when I'm going through um, maybe a hard or a challenging or a new process, um, I remember times when maybe even just the most basic things like exercising, I'm trying to um, maybe just consistently stay fit or um, just name it, anything new. You know, I usually make a joke. Maybe um, it gets to a point where I have to break past my current threshold i'm like oh i i don't know if i can go that far and i've had conversations with people and they're like oh stephanie you can do it and I'm, i just laugh and i say oh what if i die you know and everybody looks at me and they're like oh stephanie you're so dramatic and even i myself in that moment i know that it's you know it's it's meant to be a joke but for the first time yesterday i remember those words that i usually speak when i say things like ah, please i can't kill myself what if i die you know, and I'm like, God, really, what if I die? And God said, yes, sometimes you have to go through certain things so that something in you dies, so that you can die and so that you can give birth to the new person or to the new thing that I have called you to be. And so repentance is also about departing from comfort zones, you know, leaving things that have been so familiar and leaving things that we have been so used to, if not what happens is we stay in this vicious circle and we're, we're causing seasons of, would I say spirals, where we're going around things over and over and over. We're going around the mountain over and over. We're just circling it. Something that should take a month or less. We end up using 40 years. So much time passes by. Why? Because our hearts have been hardened. And you know, it was interesting when I looked at the children of Israel again, I said, I said, what's the difference between them and us? Because we would say, oh, after God had delivered them, after God had done this, still in that same wilderness, the wilderness that is the place of encounter with God, the wilderness that is the place of experiencing God, the wilderness that is the place where God is speaking to you, where God has, you know, drawn you out so that he can have one-on-one -on -one time with you. That same wilderness, every time, at the, at once, they, once they lose sight of um, Moses, they go and they start building. In fact, by the time Moses came down, they, he was surprised to see how far they had gone in. They, they hadn't just built the calf with their hands. They had started worshiping it. And it's like, but God has delivered you from Egypt. Why are you going back to this thing? Because Egypt was still in them, you know? And sometimes the convenience of, of, of um, comfort zones is that, you, are, you already know in your heart and in your mind how you can create a quick fix for yourself in certain situations. If you, and it cuts across, you know, in so many areas. It could even be in conversations. It could be in um, 
It could be in, in our thoughts, you know, how we already know that, okay, God, I will allow you to do this work in my life up until this point. But when we get to here, um, I'm sorry, this is the part where I have to call the shots. This is the part where I have to take matters into my hands. This is the part where I don't know when you're going to show up, but I have to do this for myself. You know, this is the part where <laughs> you can be God. That's fantastic. And, you know, sometimes it is not, we don't hear ourselves um, because most times we are not audibly speaking to ourselves, but God sees our hearts and he hears the words of, he sees the emotions, he sees the position of our hearts and he's able to hear the things that we can't even articulate. So sometimes we may feel like, oh, we are sorry about the thing, but even more so there is something that is esteeming itself higher and above the knowledge of God in our hearts. And until we're able to evaluate things properly and see things for what they really are, we will keep choosing the way of the flesh or choosing the way of the other gods or the other things that we have known above God the Father. And so this is something that we keep playing out, not just in one area, but in different areas. And, you know, yesterday I just, I sat down and I did, I didn't even need to sit down and think just in the space of how many minutes I could identify three areas of my life where I have seen myself, um, um, would I say, not spiral, but I have seen myself like, go around in circles, you know, and I asked myself why, and I started to understand that it's because that I get to a point where I tell myself, you know what, I've done okay for now, let me take a break. So it's like someone that is constantly staying fit, and after two weeks, or three weeks, or one month of consistency, you tell yourself, oh, okay, you know what, I can have a cheat day. This is not, to, it's not about the cheat day that is the issue. It's that mindset that makes you feel like cheating is what you need for you to be able to continue and how this world has just presented that idea of cheat days so it's no longer a cheat day it's now a cheat mindset it's now a cheat mentality it's now a cheat life and so many people some people have the capacity to withhold or withstand cheat days well for some people for someone like myself I know the times that I have tried even literally speaking to stay fit and I tell myself let me take one cheat day and one day becomes a month and in that moment when it is happening, I know, but there is something in me that just says, oh, it's okay, you know, you just need a cookie here and a cookie there. And you, you need a, uh, you know, just have a little bit of things that you, you don't add into. And you are, you are slowly reminding yourself of the things that you have already told yourself that you wouldn't do anymore for a season. Why do you need a cheat day? Who preached that message? Why do you need to? spiral why do you need to make it okay for yourself to regress and go back to things that you have told yourself you're moving on from you know so um this goes on and on um but this is something that god laid in my heart last night and i pondered on it before i went to bed and i said wow god this journey of repentance is really really deep and it really is unending you know and in the book of isaiah in the scripture that uh, we read on um on repentance and um you know um the voice of the one calling out in the wilderness says repent um, um prepare ye the way of the lord prepare ye the way of the lord and how do we prepare it says every mountain shall be leveled every mountain shall be made plain you know and every valley will be elevated and so i believe that this is a mountain situation 
I don't know what the mountains are for each person. I don't know what the things are for each person, but I'm looking at my life and I'm seeing it. I'm seeing it in one area. I'm seeing it in two areas. I'm seeing it in three areas. And I'm saying, God, show me how to level the mountains. Show me how to walk with you to level the mountains. I don't want to be the person that still remembers the way of the flesh where I'm able to create quick fixes for myself just for temporary gain because that in itself keeps taking me back into seasons that you have delivered or you intend to deliver me from where is the time that I want to throw away and waste because the truth is we are preparing and we are repenting not just because it is fantastic and it will make us feel good and when we lose sight of the purpose of this repentance walk what happens is that we forget that there is a kingdom that is at hand. We forget and we become either like the foolish virgins that knew that there was something that was ahead, but because they couldn't see beyond the temporary satisfaction of just, you know, taking things easy or the parable of talents with that servant that was given something and he did not even, you know, um, try to improve knowing fully well that those were the standards of his master knowing fully well that that was the purpose of his master he did not even try to improve that which his master had given him he did not try to understand it he didn't try to immerse himself in it he didn't try to question it he did nothing with it and you know sometimes we can think about it we can look at it and say oh this parable um this servant that had um the one that had the most talents, he had three, four, five talents. This servant that had five talents, oh, he must have been really favored by the master for them to have given him so many talents. Of course, it would have been easier. But you know, if we look at it the other way around, maybe the servant that was even given one talent, maybe that one, because of the ability that he had, the master knew that this one, give him one and he can create a thousand, he can create 10,000. And maybe it was even an opportunity for, for the master to showcase him and even you know show him off to the world to say, this is someone I gave only one. Look at how creative he is. Look at how industrious he is. Look at how intelligent he is. Look at how hardworking he is. Look at what he was able to bring forth from this one. But that one, that he did not give himself a fighting chance. He didn't give himself the opportunity to journey. He did not give himself the opportunity to explore, to go on an adventure, to, 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 to figure out new things. He stayed in a comfort zone. He did not allow his mind to go beyond the borders of what he was used to. He remained small. He couldn't see beyond what he already knew. And so he even purposed in his heart and said, well, in fact, like we always say, everybody will be fine. I can't kill myself. What if sometimes in this journey of repentance, death is looking and staring us right in the face? What are we going to do? Are we going to choose convenience or are we going to allow ourselves to die? Because this work of repentance is literally, like the Bible says, taking the, a knife and putting it to your throat. And taking a knife and putting it to your throat is never easy. You will come face to face with the person that you are. Nobody is taking that knife and putting it to your throat. You are the one that takes it. You put it to your throat. You are not putting it just on your head or any other aspect of your life. It is your throat. Why is it your throat? Because that is 
the passageway of, 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 of your emotional seat. It is the passage into your life. It's like the portal into your life. It is through that area that things come in or go out of the body, go out of a person, go out of a being. And so um, it can, so if, we're, if, if, it, if it's even a portal or a passage, that means it is through that door that even you are able to push yourself and, 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 and journey as well. So taking that knife, putting it to your throat, it comes with a huge um, responsibility to pay a sacrifice. And I don't know what that sacrifice is, to be honest, for each person, but it gets to that point where we have to take the good things or take the seeming blessings or take the seeming testimonies of yesterday and say, God, you know what? I'm ready to trade. I want to lay this one at your feet. I'm taking this mountain. I know that I have the ability to create things for myself. I know that it, within me is the nature to create a golden calf, even in the wilderness, the most powerful time of my life, where you are doing signs and wonders and you are showing me things, Lord. You are answering my prayers. You are fulfilling my desires. I know that there is that ability for me to remain in that state, in that static position where I cannot journey anymore. And so, Father, I pray, Lord, that you would teach me and show me, Lord, how to fully repent. It's interesting that also yesterday we were looking at the story of Abraham and his father. Um, I believe his name was Terah. Um, his father and his family, really, and how God called, um, God had called, his father had started the journey to go to Canaan, you know. But the Bible says that um, he finally got to, um, he didn't get to Canaan, he got to another location and he settled there. He didn't just settle there, he died there, you know, and what was even interesting for me was I looked at the meaning of the name Terra and it means delay. Every time we settle, every time we, every time we want, it's like the three things work hand in hand. When we want to delay, when we want to take our time, when we just want to settle and just say, oh, God, please, you know what, just give me a break. It's not even just in our work with God, even professionally, you know, in our relationships, when you're not trying anymore, you just wake up one day and realize that, uh -uh, look at this, my friend. And you, it's something I know that people do often in Nigeria. I say, ah, now, wow, you freed me. Oh, you don't have my time anymore. Ah, you know, we make it seem like it's a joke, but it's like you were not making the effort anymore. You were not trying anymore. You don't want to give beyond what you know. It's like, this is what I can do and it is okay. Don't ask of, you already know that I'm loyal to this extent. But sometimes for, for, for things to grow, for things to blossom, for things to flourish, you have to forget about yourself and your selfish gain and just pour yourself out and be willing to go another mile. And so delay, um, delay, um, um, selfishness they usually lead to death delay selfishness settling it will lead you to a death where you can't even journey anymore so it's like something we're all going to die eventually at the end of the day but even within this context of repentance something in us is going to die so can't we just choose the one that will die is it your conscience towards god that you want to die or is it the flesh that you would allow to be put under the knife of God, under the knife of the word, under the knife of the spirit, under the knife of the judgment of God, which death are you going to allow to happen in your life? Which one do you want to allow repentance to fully have its work? 
you know, um, do you want it to get to a point where it is God himself that repents and says, oh, regrets, why did I create? Why did I do this? Why did I give this chance? Sometimes we are looking at things only from our own aspect and only from our own perspective. And we forget that we are not the only ones that are involved in this work and in this journey. I'm saying all of this because I want us to really ponder and really reflect. And you know, like I said, this particular prayer ring is very personal for me because every day, in fact, I don't know any prayer ring that is more personal, but this is literally the point that I am at, literally speaking in my work with God. And I just felt like God was telling me, honestly, in fact, your life has to become the message. I know that there are specific details that I am not articulating or sharing on this call um, for good reason. But I pray that the spirit of God that is at work in me and is able to give me the ability and the clarity of words to speak them. Um, I pray that he would even communicate to each and every one of us what exactly he, he requires of us in this season. We must remember that we cannot settle. We cannot waste this time. We cannot, you see, settling is different from waiting on God. There's so many times we tell ourselves, oh, I'm waiting on God. I'm just, no, what we're doing is we're settling. And I pray that the Lord will open our eyes and give us the understanding to know what to do, to know where to draw the line so that we won't even be deceived by our own hearts or by you know, our own experiences. I pray that the Holy Spirit will help us because he's help. And you know, every time I ask for the help and the grace of God, I'm reminded of that scripture that says his grace is sufficient for me. So I tell myself, okay, in this equation of God, give me the grace. If God is saying the grace is sufficient, then I'm the one that needs to arise. I need you all to hear me. And I pray that understanding will fill our lives and flood our minds this morning. That the Lord will deliver us from resting unnecessarily, taking breaks when he has not called a season of our lives to come to an end. You know, and finally, I will give this example that was mentioned yesterday on the call. It's, um, I don't even know if um, it was an ex literally just a very random example of how when um, a woman gets pregnant, in fact, first for a woman to get pregnant from the natural way of things, you know, it is for the seed, for intimacy to happen, the seed of the woman to be fertilized. And then the seed begins to grow and journey and develop until after, um, I believe is 36 to 40 weeks, where it is God that enables the, the, the parts and the functions of the body of the woman to, um, that allows the breaking of water to happen nat naturally, you know, and the water breaks and then, you know, okay, it is time to birth. It is time for the child to come forth. But with the way that the nature of man and the state of the human body has fallen and depreciated so much, um, there, there are hardly, or I don't even know what the statistics are, but every day more and more we're hearing stories or we're seeing how science is helping, you know, people, uh, man is using science to come up and devise methods of um, fertilization. And all of these things are fantastic, but that's not the that's, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about how we have gone from, the nature of man literally has gone from allowing a peaceful, seamless process by God become calculated to the point that even to break the water, people plan their delivery dates. 
you understand what like look at it from a spiritual aspect people are planning delivery dates people will tell you oh this is how i'm giving birth to my child people already know from the beginning that oh me i'm not doing natural birth i'm doing cs they already know they've calculated it and i'm looking at that and i'm comparing it to how we are most times you could be a man you could be a woman but you are just like that mother that has already calculated in her head that I'm not going through natural labor. I'm not doing natural birth, no, because I can't kill myself, because it's not convenient, because my body will change, because there are too many things I don't want to have to deal with, and those things are valid. So I will schedule it, JJ, I will use my hands to arrange and craft a way out for myself. I don't have to wait for the natural flow of things. Only God knows I should wait for how long. What if the water does not break? You know, and it's like, it has, it has seeped into our, this whole thing of working out a way and devising a plan for ourselves. It has seeped so deep into the way that we do things now in the physical that most of these things are now natural. In fact, um, and I'm, I'm thankful that I'm a woman, so I'm able to say this. I'm sure if it was a man that was sharing all of this, maybe it would have seemed offensive. Um, I haven't given birth before, so this is not, um, I'm not disrespecting mothers that have gone through labor. My mom had seven children and she did all the, you know, she, I know, I don't know what that must have been like. There are people that have done CS, they have done natural birth. None of it is easy. Even the process of carrying the child. So I'm not, it's not about the literal or physical or scientific, um, um, um process I'm talking about. It's just the take it to a spiritual place, take it to a, to a relational place with God where we have already said, okay, God, thank you for this miracle. But I have arranged and I have determined and I have defined how it will be carried, how it will be birthed. And doesn't that even sound like us when we are going on fast with God and we say to God, God, you know what? I'm going on this 40 day fast. These are the things we need to address. And in these 40 days, so and so and so and so. And, you know, we're like telling God, we are determining, we are dictating to him. And we're saying, God, these are the things that we need to talk about. What happens to even just saying, God, you know what? I just want to hear your voice throughout today. I don't want to say a thing. I just want to hear your word and hear your voice. I don't want to, I don't want to lift up any prayers before you audibly, because I know that my life is a house of prayer. And I know that the state of my mind is constantly communicating with you. And that in itself is sufficient for me. Lord, today, I don't want to bring any matters before you, not because I don't have any matters to table before you, but because I just want to spend time with you. And there's sometimes when, for those of, um, for the people on this call that are married, where you just want to sit down with your spouse or even with your family members, you guys may not necessarily be saying anything, but just being present with each other. You know, the other person is not saying it. Maybe you are even busy doing your work for the day, or you're even just watching a tv show nobody's talking nobody's or you can just wake up in the morning and you guys are just i know the times when maybe my sister is in town and two of us are just we wake up in the morning both of us are awake but we're not saying anything we're laying down beside each other or maybe when i visit my mom and you know i go to see her sometimes i just want to stay on her bed stay in her room just talk to her sometimes i just want to be reminded that i'm somebody's child 
and that the weight, the weight of this world is not enough to kill me. Somebody somewhere loves me. And I just want to be reminded of that fellowship with the person beyond all of these things. It is the relationship with God that matters. And until we can um, give ourselves, invest ourselves in journeying with God, what, what are we repenting from and what are we repenting to? We will not understand his ways. And that scripture will continue to remain the story of our lives. That his ways are higher than our ways and his thoughts higher than our thoughts. I don't think that God wanted that to be the case in terms of I would always be higher and you would always be at this point. No, his desire is for Christ to be fully formed in us. It is a mind thing. And so this particular repentance story, I will end and I will wrap it up here. It's not about the obvious tears that you cry. Trust me, in the last how many weeks I've tried, there was one that I tried to cry, the tears were not coming. I said, okay, God, he said, yeah, maybe when you, we have finally arrived at a place where I think you are deserving of receiving your tear dots and your tear glands back, I will give you the gift of tears. And I know the day I will cry. <laughs> I don't know where the tears will hit me. Maybe I'll be in the city center or maybe I will be in class and the tears will come. God knows I will cry those tears because nothing will stand in the way of my tears. But you know, it's not about the activity or the, or the drama that we usually want to surround ourselves with. It's about God. Are you hearing him? Are you allowing him? Are you giving him room? Or are you so set in your ways? When we become set in our ways, we can't journey. Look, I will talk about Lot's wife again. She was so set in her ways. She could not repent from Sodom and Gomorrah for whatever reason. And, you know, because they were people of God, I know that in her heart, Lot's wife would have known that this place is taking more from me than it is giving me. But I'm sure she just looked and told herself, ah, after everything, after all the years, after all the investments, after I left this place, how will I go back? She couldn't journey. She couldn't repent. When God called her, she couldn't turn. She could not prepare. She could not look away. She couldn't change her mind. She could not metanoia. She could not behold the kingdom of God because the kingdom of Sodom and Gomorrah had been elevated in her heart. Everything she knew, everything she touched, everything she experienced became too real to her than the God that she once knew. And so, Father, this morning, we even just pray, Lord, that you would help us. Jesus, we ask that you show us what to do. Father, we ask, oh God, that you will show us the area. Lord, just help us this morning. Can we just pray? Can we just pick up here and say, Father, help me? Because the heart of man is, 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 is desperately wicked. No one can know it. Our hearts will deceive us, oh God. But your word is light and your words are life. Father, and your, 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 the, 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 the leading of your word is like a lamp to our feet. Father, we ask and pray that it will lighten up our paths, Lord. So many of us may be stuck, oh God, and unable to understand what it means to repent, oh God. We may know it, we may feel the nudging in our hearts, but maybe somewhere, Lord, we don't even know how to make the change. Maybe it is a still small voice that, is, that has been speaking to us that we've been shutting down, Lord, because we do not have the conviction, oh God, of Father, I pray, oh God, that you would even um, open our ears to hear you better, oh God. The things that we need to do, Lord. Father, equip us, Lord. Give us a willingness, Lord. We know, Father, that your word says 
that the heart of the king is in God's hands. Father, we are kings and we are priests and our hearts are in your hands. And so, Father, if you could do it in the time of Moses where you hardened the heart of Pharaoh, Father, you can and we know that you have the power to. And that is why we ask you to come and soften our hearts, oh God, and give us the ability, oh God, to see and to trust you, oh God. Give us even the godly curiosity, Lord, to even want to question, Lord, to go on a journey with you. Give us the curiosity to consider you, my God, in the mighty name of Jesus. Let us not be people that have the outward expression of godliness, yet the word of God has no fruit and has no, has no evidence in our lives, in the places and in the things that matter. Father, help us, Lord, not to be set in the ways of this world, but Father, help us to walk in the way of Christ Jesus, the way of Christ that prepares for him, the way of Christ that sees beyond the flesh, the way of Christ that sees beyond this world, but sees the kingdom of God. Father, I pray that you would even make the kingdom of God real and visible to everybody, Lord, on this call, because it is a seeing problem most times, because we cannot see, we cannot conceive, and we cannot understand. But Father, I pray this morning, Lord, that you would even give us faith, oh God, the evidence, oh God, the evidence, oh God, the substance of things, oh God, and evidence of things not seen. Take our eyes away from the things of this world. Take our eyes away from even our self and our flesh, oh God, and let it be fixed on you, Lord Jesus Christ. Let it be fixed on you, Lord Jesus Christ. Let it be fixed on you, Lord Jesus Christ. Father, that it will be pleasing to you, that it will be pleasing to you, that it will be pleasing to you. Let our lives please you. That is the purpose, Lord. That is why you come back, Lord, for your bride. That is why a groom takes the time, Lord, to court. That's why he takes the time to find for himself a bride, that she would please him. And even, even he will be satisfied in her. Father, we ask and pray that our lives will be pleasing unto you. Our lives will be satisfying unto you, O oh God. That our, our sacrifices, O oh God, will be acceptable in your sight, Lord. Give us a heart of obedience. Give us a heart of love. Give us a heart of understanding, Jesus. Shake every table that needs to be shaken. Break every standard that needs to be broken. Question every mindset, every belief that needs to be questioned in this time, oh God. Let us not become complacent in the midst of your walking wonders in our lives, oh God. Let us not sleep on these mountains of encounter, oh God. But Father, let us know, Lord, that you are present and let us show us how to engage you. Show us how to engage you until we are fully changed to the point where our names and our identities are restored, that we go from Jacob to Israel, oh God, that we go from Saul to Paul, oh God, that we go, Lord, from, 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 um, from, from, from Peter to Simon, Father. Father, we ask and pray, Lord, we ask and pray that you will show us how to journey, how to walk with you, how to engage with you so that we will be changed, oh God, so that we will be changed, so that we will be transformed, and so that when we repent, we would be fully delivered from the places that you are taking us from, my God. Show us, oh God, how to do away with the idea of self-preservation, where we are unwilling to put our hands to the plow, deliver us from that mindset, deliver us from that mentality of constantly trying to preserve ourselves because of shame, because of, of not wanting to take risks for you, Jesus. Deliver us, Lord. Help us. Continually lead us, O oh God, and cause your word, 
cause your word to prosper in our hearts and in our lives. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Um, finally, I would just like us to pray over, um, pray for Pastor E.C. Um, the reason why we do this is because many times we forget that it is a journey of one person's obedience or one person's willingness or one person's, um, will I say, radical faith that creates room for, for us to experience or room for us to see or room for us to encounter God um, in some ways that we do. One person's obedience. It took the obedience of Abraham um, and it took the, the ability of Abraham to just take risks in God and to journey with God that has created a nation of people like you, like me, that say, oh, I am a daughter, I am a son, I am a child of Abraham. It took the faith of someone like Paul um, and his doggedness and his, you know, um, radical faith to be able to sit down, even with all the limitations, even with all the restraints, to write those letters to the churches, write those letters to Timothy, write all of those letters, write all those scriptures. And today they have become a context and a standard for us. It took the faith of fathers, people, um, 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 Ruth, um, Esther. It took them, you know, it, it started with one man that just decided to dare to trust God. It, it, it took the faith of, of Daniel you know, to say, you know what, I'm not going to defile myself. And he stood even when the whole world was bowing down, even when they were instituting mandates and saying, this is what the new order must be. But he said, no, I will not do it. You know, it took the radical faith and obedience of men and women who have said, I will be different. I will choose to trust God. <clears throat> even though it may not seem like it, even though it is not popular culture, I will choose to trust God and I will choose to journey with God and understanding that journeying with God is not a walk in the park. It took Jesus Christ getting to the place where he said, you know what, I will allow myself die, Lord, because it is your will. And of all these experiences, the greatest is that of Christ that he, he took, even though he was, he was God, even though he was anointed, even though he was the chosen one, he, it still, it did not allow him become complacent. And he stayed in that place where he said, you know, oh God, this is hard, but Lord, not my will, but yours be done. And so every time we pray for our leaders, it's not because we don't have things to do. It's because we see that there are certain things that they go through that they cannot tell us. They can't tell us everything. No matter how close we are to them, they can't tell us everything. We don't have the, the, the opportunity to see the journeys that they go through. We don't see the times when offers and uh, um, um, pleasurable things are placed before them. And even though the flesh is saying, take this one, help yourself, take that. They choose the journey, the path less traveled. They choose the table of the Lord that doesn't come with the, with, with, with the bounty of the, of, of, um, you know, satisfying the desires of the flesh. They choose the, the, the narrow path so that they can stay in God. And they make these sacrifices because sometimes it's even beyond them. They get to places where they're asking, does any of this even make sense? Is there any point? Is any life being changed? What is the point of all of this work? 
And sometimes it is the fruit of the lives of the people that are blessed. It may not even be too many people. It may just be five. It may be 10. It may be a full congregation. It may be whatever the numbers are. But that is why we pray for them because we are releasing the grace and the power and the strength and the encouragement of God upon them. And so I'd like us to make that prayer. And please let us unmute our mics. It is the last prayer before we go. And let us pray for Pastor Isi Geneva because this is a woman that has gone through so many seasons. This is a woman that has gone through so many battles. This is a woman that is constantly pushing beyond the borders of, of you know, um, and the status quo when it comes to trusting God and having faith. And the more she does that, the more she allows her territory to be enlarged in God, the more room is created for each and every one of us. The mm -hmm. more she pushes herself beyond the comfort zones of life, the more each of us has room to come and experience an aspect of God that we may not have seen before. And so we are here because one person made a sacrifice and dared to trust and believe God. And you and I have come up this morning. And so even though she may not be on this call, you know, we have to pray for her. We have to honor the hand of God upon her life. We need to bless her in the ways that we can, mm, you know, pray over her family, pray over her businesses, pray over the initiatives that God is causing to come out of her, pray over everything that concerns her and say, Father, let your will be done in this life, oh God, Father, Bless her, but when it is required, oh God. Father, we ask and pray because you have called each and every one of us to be priests, oh God, and to minister, to stand in the gap, oh God, between the people and the heavens. And so, Father, I pray that every time we take off that responsibility, oh God, Father, whether it is convenient or not, every time we stand in that gap, oh God, we ask and pray that your heart is poured out, oh God, Father, and our eyes see it, and our hands can touch it, and our minds can comprehend it, and our lips will communicate accurately, oh God, your word, that lives will be changed, oh God, and people will come into a place of encounter with you, oh God, that your kingdom will be established and fully formed in their lives, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus. We thank you, Father, mm -hmm. even for the gift of salvation. We thank you because mm -hmm. repentance, oh God, is like a graduation, Lord, in our salvation work with you. And Father, we thank you because this is the season where you are teaching us to work things out with fear and trembling. Show us what it means to fear mm -hmm. and to tremble before you. Show us what it means to fear and to tremble with the things that you place in our hearts. Show us what it means to fear and to tremble even towards the people that you have called us to be. Let us not take 
given our very selves for granted. Yes. Let us not take the people you have placed in our lives for granted, oh God. reason of ignorance, Lord, show us what it means to have godly fear and give us the ability, Lord, to reverence you, oh God. Reverence, Lord, the things that you place in us. Give us the understanding, oh God, to evaluate and to weigh things, oh God, that you place before us, oh God, in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we thank you and we give you praise. We say blessed be your holy name, almighty Father. Let your name alone be praised. And we even just thank you for this morning and for your word that has come to bless us. Father, we pray, oh God, that it will take root in our hearts, oh God, and the fruits will be seen, Lord, through our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you all. Thank you. Have a fantastic day. Thank you so much. Prayer ring continues. Um,